Hi, and welcome back to the Mind Over Money podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the mindset of an entrepreneur. And the reason this topic is something that I feel is podcast worthy, it it all relates to conversations we have with people about money and our belief at E3 that we want to help awaken the inner entrepreneur and individuals, families, and business owners. So when, when we talk about the word entrepreneur, it's important that people understand that there is a difference between being a business owner and being an entrepreneur. And the way we see it, it, it's all about mindset and action. So when we talk about doing a podcast on the topic, the mindset of an entrepreneur, we have to understand that that mindset is different than if we were just a business owner or we were just a a, a W-2 employee. It does not mean that that mindset is better than or, or anything from that perspective. But when you're a business owner, you're looking to, in most cases, start a business to create a, a job for yourself, right? Be your own boss. But you're creating that business so that you have a, a livelihood. You have a way to you know feed your family. Whereas with an entrepreneur, sometimes starting a, a business enterprise is more about turning your passion into a livelihood that impacts people in, in very different ways. Um, when you're a business owner, you're looking to build the business to a certain size so that you possibly don't have to work as hard in the future, right? Put a, put a lot of the legwork in early so that later on you can kind of step back and relax. Whereas the mindset of the entrepreneur is really more every day that you're waking up, you're thinking of ways to make things better systems better, products and services better, looking at the um, way in which you treat your employees, the benefits you give, the environment. That is what an entrepreneur does on a daily basis. When you're a business owner, you're, in a lot of cases, worrying about things that you don't necessarily control, right? You focus on things that are frustrating you focus on problems, and in a lot of cases, those scenarios can create some type of paralysis in figuring out ways to grow your business, whereas an entrepreneur is going to be able to focus on the things that they can control. They don't spend a lot of energy and time on the things they can't control. In essence, they know if I focus on the things that I can control, I am going to be able to grow and improve my current situation within the business. And then finally, with most business owners, there's a focus on an eventual exit strategy. And and in some cases, they look at that as their retirement. Whereas for an entrepreneur, there really is no such thing as retirement. If they are selling their business or creating what they would call a liquidity event, it's because they're ready to move on to a new adventure. So again, There are probably a lot of folks out there who are successful business owners and a lot of people that are struggling business owners. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are very successful entrepreneurs. Then there are also people that have an entrepreneurial spirit but still struggle. What I'm really talking about today on this podcast is the entrepreneur's mindset and how not all business owners are entrepreneurs, but 
all entrepreneurs focus on ways to run businesses. So that difference, while it might seem more like semantics, is really a big deal in today's economy and environment. I wanted to kind of let our podcast listeners understand at least the way we look at it, the way we communicate with entrepreneurs. When we come across entrepreneurs that we're working with, uh, whether on the wealth side or our tax side, um, it is a very different conversation than just working with the business owner. So I hope you enjoy this information, and I appreciate you listening to the show. Okay, so today's show is all about the mindset of an entrepreneur. This is a topic that I really enjoy discussing. Um, I have conversations with people all the time. Uh, I consider myself an entrepreneur in, in kind of the wealth industry. And in a lot of cases with our business owner clients who, who are more of an entrepreneur, our firm, E3 Consultants Group, is, is providing a lot of consulting to them in vast areas of their personal and business economy. So I always like to figure out from a mindset perspective, you know, how does this person look at their business? What are they actually trying to accomplish? And so for me, it's really determining do you have that entrepreneurial mindset? Now, when you hear the word entrepreneur, you have to say, okay, well, what what does that mean? How is that different than just being a business owner? So, you know, if you look up in uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, they're going to define entrepreneur as one who organizes, manages, and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise. So, you know, not that much different from a business owner and or what we I would refer to as an entrepreneur. Um, and then uh, Wiktionary.org defines entrepreneur as a person who thrives for success and takes on risk by starting their own ventures, services, etc. So for me, if you look at those definitions, you're like, well, you know, that could be pretty much any business owner that starts a business. You know, why wouldn't you think of, an, think of them as an entrepreneur? But what we've done at E3 with our family office model, with our um, full-service accounting um, relationship with E3 Tax, from the consulting we do with real estate entrepreneurs through E3 Real Estate and through the, um, the different educational resources we provide through E3 Marketing, we've actually taken a lot of time to uncover what we believe is a particular mindset for the entrepreneur. So... And that mindset isn't just focused in one area. It's actually focused. We, we have it focused kind of in eight different areas. But what we're kind of looking at is what does the entrepreneur or the business owner, when they're making decisions, when they're planning, strategizing, how are they looking at things in regards to the vision, their time, their talent, their capital, cash flow in the business, how they finance things within the business, how they look at income taxes and handle those, and then what is their day-to-day -day mindset, kind of that operational mindset. So those are eight different areas that we focus on with entrepreneurs we're consulting with. And um, I had this crazy idea as uh, most entrepreneurs will have you know I was like well why why don't I create some type of entrepreneurial mastermind program you know that that was kind of my brainchild from a consulting so we started 
focusing on different areas where we could educate entrepreneurs. And I spent a lot of time through um, my understanding of Strategic Coach and Dan Sullivan and talking with other entrepreneurs. I've really focused my education on what are the building blocks to an entrepreneur's decision-making process. And I look at the resources that all humans have. Um, we've got three resources, time, talent, and capital. Those are the, the ones that, you know, when, we're, when I talk about vision as the first mindset, you know, that's, that's something that is very intangible, right? I mean, that's going to vary across the board. So when you're talking to somebody and trying to figure out, well, is this a business owner or an entrepreneur, probably depends a lot on the way that they look at their vision. If you're talking with somebody that's probably more business owner focused or the mindset of a business owner, they might not be sure what direction their company is going at the moment. Or they might believe they have a real opportunity to grow their business, but they're not really sure where to start. Whereas that entrepreneurial-minded business owner is probably going to be in, in kind of one of two categories or a variation or, or different levels where they have a plan to build their business and they see the business as a valuable asset in their net worth or they really do consider themselves a real entrepreneur. They're always striving to create value for their clients, their staff, and ownership group with really no end in sight. So from a visionary perspective, that entrepreneur is the one that's always striving to create value. That is part of their vision. It's almost part of their DNA. When you talk about time, talent, and capital, that's a very different aspect to the vision side because that's what you're doing um, throughout the infancy stages of the business to its growth stages to its maturity. The different aspects of time, talent, and capital are going to be used very differently. When you look at time, everyone has a finite amount of time. It's the scarcest resource that any entrepreneur, any business owner, any individual has access to, and it's probably the resource that should be protected the most. That's why we always talk about being able to delegate because it's so key and making sure you surround yourself with like-minded people who not only value your time but also bring other resources to the table, You know, their own time, talent, and capital. That's what's necessary to achieve success in any endeavor that an entrepreneur is putting their time into. The value of time as a resource is something an entrepreneur thinks about constantly. Every minute of the day is an opportunity to positively impact the life of a client, a staff member, a colleague. But in today's world, protecting your time is also essential to achieving a simplified life, which even though a lot of entrepreneurs might seem crazy with their time, they do want simplification. Um, you know, if you just think about all the ways that your time is attacked by the world around us today, with the internet, you know, it, it puts so many things, so much information at your fingertips, it can boost efficiency or it can be a danger. It's easy to lose track of time, you know, if you're surfing the web or clicking on interesting links, veering off your intended course of action. Also, there's the thing called email, which allows us to accomplish a lot more in less time with nearly instant communication. And then add to that, 
now the ability to really text people, instant message, all of these elements to technology puts that efficiency in kind of direct contrast with you being overwhelmed with all the information and, and maybe losing sight of what the what the big picture is with your business. You know, these are things that a lot of people don't really focus on when it comes to their time. So when we look at a what we call our entrepreneur scorecard, and we're talking to um, different individuals who either have a business or maybe they, you know, really think of themselves as entrepreneurial or they want help in growing more of an entrepreneurial spirit. When it comes to time, we'll, we'll find out, you know, are you someone that never seems to have enough time in the day to accomplish things in your business or you don't really feel like there is any balance in your work life or are you somebody that is more entrepreneurial where you value time as the most precious asset because you know it can create memorable life experiences in your business and for your family and therefore you attempt to protect that time as much as possible that is something that every business owner has to ask themselves and if you're truly an entrepreneur You're constantly looking at ways to make your time more efficient. You control that. It's in your control. You can make those yes-no decisions. So for us, that's a huge area where we like to focus our efforts in consulting with entrepreneurs. Focus on your time, that limited resource. How can we add value in other areas of your financial situation to make sure it's freeing up that time? Now, what about talent? And that would be the third mindset that we look at. Talent is, it, it's interesting because when you, you talk with different types of entrepreneurs and different industries and different businesses with different backgrounds, it's amazing to see the different levels of talent that people have and the areas that they have talent. Um, operating your own business is a completely different animal altogether than anything else anybody would do when you're working for somebody. You know, a lot of people might perceive someone who's self-employed as more independent and driven to do things, you know, their way with an ego represented by the title of president or CEO or founder after their names on their business card. In some cases, that definitely could be an accurate depiction. I've met several people that, you know, like to remind me they're the boss or they're the CEO of their company. But a true entrepreneur is someone who brings education to others with a vision for adding value in some area of life that brings enjoyment to their clients or their customers. It's amazing the type of gift that entrepreneurs have for surrounding themselves with other talented people and that causes their collective efforts to produce results that they couldn't do individually. Now Dan Sullivan with Strategic Coach would call this an entrepreneur's unique ability. But What you also have to understand when it comes to talent is it's a special human trait and it's something that needs to be nurtured and supported. Constant education is going to enhance someone's growth and it's going to keep their talents progressing. Using your talents as an entrepreneur on a daily basis keeps you sharp, keeps you effective. Seeing results is going to cause your confidence to build. And a lot of people think that entrepreneurs have, you know, 
an endless supply of confidence, but that's not the case. There are a lot of smart people who need constant reinforcement to understand, hey, you're going in the right direction. And when you see the uniqueness that you create with your talents and the way that you can add value, and you see that on a, in a, a daily life experience, it really makes a difference. But without delegation and daily support, the focus on your unique abilities can definitely be negatively affected. Um, complexity, troubleshooting, all of those things can sap your energy and even the savviest entrepreneur can fall victim to it. What we have to understand when we're talking to clients from a consulting perspective about their finances or their personal or business economy is everybody's life is changing at a rapid pace. So when it comes to your business, we believe it's so important to surround yourself with a team of professionals who have expertise in all areas of business and they understand that everything that we do as part of that team is has to be in your best interest. You know, you got to have people that want to free up your time, not control it. You got to have people that want to optimize your talents, not minimize them or put them in the corner. And that is something that some entrepreneurs still have trouble grasping. But when you think about talent, kind of kind of think through these these different levels of that talent mindset. So if you believe you are the only person that can handle important tasks correctly, you're probably going to be that business owner who struggles to grow because if you're the only one that can do it, you're going to be not maybe limited by your talent, but definitely limited by your time. Now, what if you're someone that, you know, you feel it's hard to find talented people these days and you're frustrated with, frustrated with just filling certain positions? Well, that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs face, but they're also looking at ways to find solutions. And if you are someone that says, well, you know, I've successfully delegated certain tasks to people on my team, but I struggle with not being in control of everything, you're getting real close to the point where you can optimize your talents because once you get to the, the mindset of, hey, I surround myself with people that allow me to optimize my strength, and I trust the expertise in my inner circle. Once you get to that point, from there it's, you know, the sky's the limit. You can accomplish pretty much anything because you've built that team. But that's a that's the, the area with talent and the mindset where the business owner and entrepreneur are very different. The entrepreneur knows, hey, if I want to accomplish big things, I'm going to need a lot of people on the same page with me. And for some entrepreneurs, that is a struggle, but they know they have to do it. For the business owner, in a lot of cases, there's a reason that a business never got beyond a certain revenue size or a certain number of locations. It's mainly because the, the owner himself or herself didn't see that their talents could go beyond what they could personally do. So... That's something to really hone in on. If you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, you're looking to grow things, you got to think beyond just yourself. Now, the fourth area 
that we will talk about from a consulting perspective with uh, business owners and, and entrepreneurs is capital. Now, with the proper use of capital, you have the ability to optimize your time, focus on your talents, and if you're using your time properly, you're focusing on your talents, in a lot of cases, that's going to actually help you create more capital. But acquiring capital doesn't always occur in the ideal time frame. Sometimes you're ready with your time, you've got your talents, but you actually need capital. So if you need capital before you can actually create it, what are your options? So getting access to capital is difficult in today's economic environment. You know, you're going to need to either accumulate it, right? So you're going to need to save it up, build it up some way, which is going to take time. You're going to need to possibly borrow that capital from another person. You know, maybe it's a, f a family member or maybe it's a, a financial institution like a bank. And the whole time you're going to have to figure out how you manage those opportunity costs, you know, the terms of the loan while you're borrowing from them. Once you accumulate enough capital, you can have control over how you allocate those resources. If you're using somebody else's capital, you got to prioritize getting them paid back before you really can free up dollars for you to you know, choose what you want to do with them. So we talk a lot with entrepreneurs and, and business owners about what do you do when you utilize capital so you create more time, talent, and capital? You know, how, how are you turning more, turning capital you have into more capital? Now, a lot of times people will re refer to that process of using capital to create more capital as investing. You know, for us, we're going to look at investing being defined as to commit money or capital in order to gain a financial return. Um, the key word there is commit. When you commit to something, you are accepting the risks associated with that decision. There is no certainty that your investment of that capital will, will produce a return or that your return will be in line with your expectations. That is why when we talk with more entrepreneurial-minded people, they are always focused on committing all of their resources, not just capital, but also time and talent to any type of investment or business endeavor taking the time to perform due diligence on the appropriateness of the opportunity is going to be very key to the potential success or possible failure of that opportunity. How many business owners do their due diligence on what they're setting out to do? In our experience, if we're dealing with an entrepreneur, that due diligence is immediate, it's constant, it's never-ending. And it doesn't really matter when we're talking about businesses or entrepreneurs, you know, what type of assets we're start, you know, we're talking about. You know, if you're you're somebody that's running a manufacturing business or uh, a business that's labor intensive or something that's service related or it's an intangible service, um, you know, for us that doesn't really matter. All of these things relate the same when it comes to capital. You know, the more capital you can retain, the better off you will be in the long run. Many entrepreneurs say that they have a passion 
for this type of investing, right? Putting money to work. Most people will interpret that passion as a love for making money. But really what happens is the entrepreneurs receive enjoyment from creating more control and freedom over their time and the potential to improve their talents through positive real-life experiences. That's why when I talk about an entrepreneur's mindset, sometimes you might refer to it as you know their, their wisdom or a knack for something. But when you see someone's true talents in action, actually it's more like an epiphany. You know, it, it's a gift. It's, it's a gift that's meant to be shared. The creation of the capital is just a tool. It's a resource that can be used to help people have a better understanding because we all have limitations. We, we have limitations with our time, limitations with our talent in any one time period. My, my talent might be endless over my lifetime, but today my talent is somewhat restricted because I don't Tomorrow I might learn something more, but today I'm, I just have to use the talent I have today with me. So when we're having this conversation with um, a business owner about capital, the mindset when it comes to capital is very important because this will actually feed into other conversations about cash flow, financing, income taxes. So so think about this. If you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're someone that's a business owner that believes they're an entrepreneur, how would you answer these questions? Or which, which of these areas sound more like you? When it comes to capital, do you rely on your bank or banking relationships to provide you capital when you need it so you really don't think cash is a priority at this time? So are you just happy using the bank's money and then telling you what the terms of those loans are going to be? Or is your goal to pay off debt with the bank as quick as possible so that you can then focus on growing your business. With a lot of folks, when they're getting access to capital and they're realizing, well, hey, the bank is telling us this is how we have to do things and before we can do anything else with our money, we got to get the bank paid off. You know, that that's a realization a lot of business owners uncover as they get into a relationship. It's not something they realize up front. So for us, are you in that mindset or in that area? What about someone that says, hey, I understand the true value of keeping capital liquid so that I can take advantage of investments that maximize my, my ROI, my return on investment. And that ROI might be inside of my business and investing in other areas or it might be outside of my business, investing in other areas, maybe real estate or, you know, or maybe I want to buy the building that we're going to be in and then uh, and then lease it back to the company. But if I'm going to have capital available to do those things, I can't be focusing all of my capital to go back to the bank at the same time. So again, there has to be a, a dichotomy of choices there. And then what, what we would call the, the, the real entrepreneurial mindset is the person that is says, look, cash is king. I'm frustrated with storing my capital in a bank when I'm getting less than you know 1%, not even 0.1% in most cases. And I think there's there has to be a better way to store my safe money so that I can use it for other opportunities. And, and also I can grow my business in a way that allows me to have a never-ending source of capital. Well, to us, 
depending on where you are in that um, paradigm, you know, those different areas I talked about, that really re- then relates to the other areas of mindset that we talk about. So the other areas we would focus on with business owners is cash flow, financing, and income taxes. Okay, so we've talked about vision, time, talent, capital. You know, though that's really the actions of the business owner, entrepreneur. It's the way that they kind of look at things. You know, what they're in control of, what they're not in control of. When you talk about cash flow, financing, income taxes, those are sometimes results of the business, but it's also more on the operational side. And these are areas that you might have other people you're working with, your COO, your CFO, um, your comptroller, your you know your in-house accountant, whatever it may be. But these are very important areas. And these are areas that, from a consulting perspective at E3, we, we focus heavily on because most business owners, even most entrepreneurs, really don't understand all of the advantage that they can be taking to control more of their cash flow. Look at ways to have better financing. Look at ways to um, proactively manage their tax situation. So let's talk about the the cash flow mindset, okay? So just, again, as a listener to this podcast, um, be thinking about these different areas and say to yourself, yeah, that, that sounds like me. So are you the person that, with regards to cash flow you're you're more of a month-to-month mindset you know you're paying your bills you're covering payroll and you don't feel that you're really in control of the business cash flow right now like you're not in control of the business the business is in control of you or are you the person that is hey look our cash flow is positive every month but we're really not sure how to allocate those funds and right now we're just going to let them accumulate in the bank are you the person that says, hey, I'm frustrated with the amount of money that we continue to send to the banks, and I'm also frustrated with the amount of money we're sending to the IRS and the state for property taxes and real estate taxes and all these different things because I really have a hard time seeing where that's creating value for my business. So you don't want to be sending money to places where there's no value creation. So that's, that's another kind of uh, paradigm. And then there's the what we'll call more the entrepreneurial mindset where it's, look, with cash flow, I just want to get more money to flow into my control. That's a top priority because I know if I can do that, I'm going to be able to reduce opportunity cost and I'm going to simultaneously build capital. So for us, when we have somebody that thinks that way, there's a lot more strategies that we can show them with because they realize, look, banks control my money when it's flowing to them. The IRS controls money when it's flowing to them. My vendors control money when they're flowing to them. All of these different items in your balance sheet and your income statement, you got to be looking at where's that money flowing? Where's your control? Can you look at ways to optimize it? That's what cash flow is all about. Optimizing, getting as much of it to flow into your control as possible. Now, what about financing? Because Financing, as a mindset, has a lot to do with, you know, are you using your money or are you using other people's money? And just so you know, when 
you're doing something with money, you're always financing it. You're either using someone else's money by borrowing and paying them a cost of interest or being charged interest and paying that cost at some point. Or you are financing things by paying cash and you have an opportunity cost where that cash is now no longer doing anything for you. So we're always financing our purchases. But are you someone that says, hey, right now, I'm okay with the terms of the loan that the bank has structured for us. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to optimize it. I'm just, I'm just going to go with it. Or are you someone that's frustrated that your bank won't let you lend money? Excuse me. The bank won't lend you money to grow your business without a substantial amount of capital uh, or collateral that they would want to hold on to. And normally with banks, if they're wanting your collateral, they're going to want your liquid collateral, right? They, they, they want the most liquid collateral possible because that takes all the risk off of their plate. You know, they would love to have cash and, you know, your, your equities and anything that they could immediately cash in to use as collateral because it takes the risk off their books. But what they don't normally understand, or maybe they understand and just don't care, is that collateral is the stuff that you would be using to run your business. So you're looking to get access to capital through financing on top of that liquid collateral because you want to grow your business. Unfortunately, a lot of banks don't get that, and maybe they don't care. They're just willing to give you whatever you're willing to give them, right? I'll, yeah, we'll loan you a million dollars as long as you put up a million dollars. Well, that <laughs> that's not going to really accomplish the goal of growing and leveraging your capital if everything that you have is just going to be tied up to get money from them. So you may be in that position where you're like, yeah, John, that's exactly what I'm dealing with, and I'm pretty much tired with dealing with banks because I don't feel like they have our best interest in mind. And we've had a lot of conversations with clients where if, if they're in that mindset, they're pretty close to where we get eventually with a lot of our entrepreneurs where they're interested in learning how to create their own private banking system so that they no longer need to rely on banks or financial institutions to finance their business efforts. And as if you are a listener of any previous podcast, you know that I actually did a podcast on the privatized banking system, and I used my own Moriarty family banking system as an example, and I gave specifics on how our family has used a privatized banking system for the last eight years, and I've used it personally and in our business. I think that would be something for you if you're of this mindset right now with um, with financing in your business and you know hey, it's time for me to look at other strategies where I'm in control, I'm the bank, then maybe listen to that podcast after you're finished with this one. Okay, income taxes. Income taxes are an area that sometimes baffle me as an entrepreneur because I'm of the mindset, you know, legally I'm only required to pay the least amount of taxes that I need to under the law. And I'm going to use all the resources available to me to make sure that I pay the least amount of taxes. There are actually some people out there that will have one of these two mindsets. They will either, they will 
either say, well, right now income taxes are the least of my concern because right now I'm not really generating a lot of profit in my business. So why do I need to worry about taxes if I'm not making any money? What they don't realize is if they think that way, there's a good chance they may never make money because they're not planning ahead. But then we get some people that are making a profit and then they believe that, hey, if I'm paying a lot in taxes, it means that my business is doing really well. So that's, that's a great thing. And sometimes I kind of shake my head and say, well, okay, so how do you know if you're paying the least amount of taxes or paying way too many taxes? And they're like, well, eh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm paying a lot in taxes, but I guess I should be because my business is growing. And they're like, right? Like, isn't that the case? Well, when we get people to think that way, sometimes we attempt to get them educated to think differently. And normally... The, the, the next area we'll focus on with them or get them to kind of change their mindset would be, okay, what are the best ways for you to be saving taxes? You know, a lot of times we'll have people, and, and financial professionals do this a lot, they'll say, well, if you want to save taxes, what you got to do is you got to defer the tax. You got you to put money into SEPs, 401ks, IRAs, right? That's the best way to save taxes is basically to defer them. Right, so you're you're not saving taxes; you're deferring them. In that instance, you're you're basically saying, "I'll worry about the taxes later in the future," and I will have really long conversations with people about taxes. I'm very passionate about this, and I'll ask them some simple questions, and I'll say, "Well, when you look at taxes and you think about the future, do you think?" tax rates are going to be the same in the future, lower in the future, or higher higher in the future. And, you know, if they're going to be the same or higher, do you really want to be focused on deferring taxes in, into the future? Like, because when you defer taxes, you're not just deferring taxes on your principal, you're deferring taxes on the growth as well. So that's that's one part of the conversation I'll have. The second part of the conversation I have is, do you realize that for most people today in America, their lifestyle is directly correlated to their tax bracket. What I mean by that is if you want to improve your lifestyle, if you want to live a life 20 years from now that's going to be better than your current lifestyle, in most cases, if your lifestyle is going to improve, there's a good chance the amount of taxes you're paying is going to increase because you're going to be in a higher tax bracket. We have a progressive tax system. So if you want to live a more luxurious life, if you want to spend more money, if you want to do more things, there's a good chance that's going to come with a bigger tax bill. Now, that's not good or bad. That's, that's reality. But you also have the capability to decide, am I, what am I doing to pay taxes on my income and what am I doing to pay taxes on my assets? And there is a very different treatment when it comes to paying taxes on your assets versus your income. Income, in most cases, you're paying it when it's earned unless you're deferring it. With assets, a lot of cases you can say, do I want to defer taxes on my assets or do I want to pay it today? And then if I pay it today, is that money that I can put away and not have to pay any more taxes in the future? 
See, that is the conversation that when we get into those meetings and, and get around the table with other tax professionals and other resources, asset protection resources, estate planning, the mindset that we love to find with an entrepreneur is this one. The person that desires to work with a team that specializes in proactive tax avoidance using the entire internal revenue code to your advantage. And tax avoidance is very different than tax evasion. Tax evasion gets you put in jail. Tax avoidance is completely legal. Figure out a way to avoid or minimize as many taxes as possible and use that internal revenue code, that 80,000-page you know, uh, code to your advantage. But you need a team to do that. And I, I know I've spent a lot of time talking about taxes on this podcast, and we've got um, – I've done two different income tax strategy podcasts so far, uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Uh, volume 2 seems to be one that a lot of people have listened to because uh, I talk about different ways, di- different things to be focusing on when you're running a business and tax deducting things and different strategies to look at. We will constantly look at ways to add value to clients regarding tax minimization strategies. But to me, this is a big part of the mindset of an entrepreneur. You realize, hey, every dollar I save in taxes is one more dollar I can save for the future, I can invest today to build a better future, or I can just spend and use any way I want. But it's it's the control of the money. That's the most important thing. All right. Last mindset to focus on with the entrepreneur. It's the day-to-day mindset. So this is this is the, hey, I wake up, I get out of bed, and what's in my headspace? If, if you're somebody that's more like just a, a normal business owner, it's possible that you feel like you are alone in the business with all of the risk and no one to share your challenges with you. And unfortunately, that mindset, it, it, it creates a lot of scarcity. It's, it's a scarcity mindset, and it's probably one of the biggest reasons that you're unable to grow because you're getting in your own way. Now, I know a lot of people that kind of struggle with this and, and their their hope is and where they're trying to move towards is, you know, I want to take one day at a time and I want to believe that I'm in control of my emotions. And just making that thought process simplified and, hey, one day at a time, if it's a good day, it's a bad day, Next, the next day is a new day, that's a huge improvement. But where you really need to get to on the day-to-day mindset is, be able to say, hey, look, I'm ready to embrace change and I want help thinking differently because I want to generate significant results within my business. So you say to yourself, look, I'm ready for change. I know change isn't going to be easy. I know sometimes it's very difficult. I know it's difficult for my staff. It's difficult for clients. But I need to make those changes in order to grow. And this evolution of the day-to-day mindset can ultimately get you to a point where you say, look, I truly possess an abundant mindset. You know, I'm focused on abundance where growth in my personal and my professional life is a never-ending journey. You know, it's, it's, I've been in this business 
for 21 years, you know, I, I really started looking at my at myself as an entrepreneur probably the last five to seven years. And, you know, that was me. That was me having the mindset that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm abundant. You know, I, I can create. I, it's not just about me having to go out and get clients and, and me having to drive revenue. Like, I, I need to think beyond that. So, when I started thinking of E3 Consultants Group as a firm, and hey, every day when I do something, does it add value to the firm? Not just does it add value to John, but does it add value to our, all of our clients? Does it add value to our staff? Does it add value to anybody that considers themselves an owner or is, is you know, part of what we're trying to do to grow our business? You know, once, once I got people to understand that, we were really able to create more of a win-win, uh, win-win-win environment. And to me, that win with the client, the win with the staff, and the win with you as an owner, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit, that's the most important thing. That, to me, is, is what sets an entrepreneur apart. You know, when you're talking about the win for a client experience – what is it about your business that differentiates you from your competitors? You know, have you developed systems to provide consistent results that manage your client expectations? Have you ever asked yourself, hey, who's, who's our ideal client? You know, what makes that person or company tick? You know, how do I balance optimizing my client experiences with my company's profitability? Those are questions that the entrepreneur is asking. Now, what about your staff's environment? You know, the strength of a successful business in a lot of cases is the collection of people behind it who interact with your clients on a day-to-day basis. You know, have you looked at your processes and procedures that increase everyone's efficiency and effectiveness? Have you looked at ways to improve your infrastructure through technological enhancements and a search for simplicity? You know, those are areas that for me, for a long time, I didn't think were really that important because I was kind of basing everything on what I did on a daily basis. I was pretty good in those areas, so I didn't need to worry about them. But once things got bigger than just me, we needed to have those systems, that technology, the infrastructure in place. Otherwise, other people couldn't um, really thrive in our environment. And then the third win, focusing on your own entrepreneurial experience, focusing on you as an owner or your ownership group and saying, hey, what what can I do as an entrepreneur to shift the mindsets of anybody that's willing to invest in this enterprise? Shift it from worry to wealth, ultimately to worthiness. You know, so from worry to wealth to worthy. There's going to be a lot of things that keep you up at night when you're starting a business. It's, it's going to be related to your cash flow. It's you know financing purchases, managing fluctuations in revenues, covering payroll when times are tough, you know taking note of employees' morale and finding ways to foster motivation, building helpful banking relationships. Those are all areas that we focus on with our clients when we're doing consulting. You know, when you're talking about wealth, you know, so you've gotten to a point where your business has grown, you're, you're really looking at ways to you know, make this a, a, a very successful business. You've got to manage the communication of your vision as your growth accelerates. You've got to 
continue to focus on proactive income tax strategies. You got to get access to capital for expansion. We believe at that point, when you're when you're in a successful business, you want to understand privatized banking strategies because you want to minimize ongoing opportunity costs. But also, you want to identify key members of your staff and incentivize them to develop their own leadership skills. Now, if you're able to do those things, move from worry to wealth, then ultimately, it's about your worthiness. It's about giving yourself permission to enjoy the life you have created. But in those areas, you need to really focus on integrating your personal and business economies. You need to look at potential generational planning that needs to be done, right? Is this is this business going to be just one generation and then you're going to sell it? Or is this going to be something that's going to be multiple generations you're going to pass down to your kids? Are, are you going to look to exit the business and you know, just wipe your hand, you know, wipe your hands clean of it? Are you going to figure out ways to foster sustainability of your business and and your legacy? Um, And are you someone that is willing to look at your enterprise to transform it into more of a self-operating company so that your business can thrive regardless of your daily involvement? These are all things that we at E3 Consultants Group focus on with our clients. But to me, it's not so much what E3 can do for clients or what what we can do um, in talking with different business relationships. To me, this podcast and the reason why I wanted to do it and spend so much time on this, the mindset of an entrepreneur is I get energy and become very passionate when I'm around other entrepreneurs, when I have these kind of conversations. And in the majority of those instances, those people are not clients. You know, but, but I learned so much from other people. I've figured out ways to grow our enterprise from learning from other entrepreneurs. So for me, this is more of whether I'm paying it forward, whether I'm, you know, I'm giving to people because I think if every business owner moves in the direction of thinking more like an entrepreneur, that can only be a good thing for the community that you live in, the country that you live in, the world that we live in. Like, I see no downside to that. But unfortunately, we are in an environment today where there's information overload, there's less resources for entrepreneurs and business owners, and unfortunately, financial institutions, the media, the government, the Federal Reserve, they're they're making decisions that are to the detriment of the business owner and definitely to the detriment of someone that's entrepreneurial. So a podcast like this, if it helps, if it it gets people thinking in the right direction, if it gets you to ask questions or reach out to us and want to learn more about our resources or or learn about different um, tools or different firms that we've worked with to, to kind of work in these different areas, whether it's strategic coach or wealth factory or truth concepts or the prosperity economics movement. If it's any of those things that we can help with, all you got to do is reach out to us. You know, whether you uh, send us a email at info at e3wealth.com or uh, send us a tweet at 
E3 Wealth STL. Um, you can find us on Facebook at E3 Consultants Group. Um, but to me, this is something that I truly enjoy talking about. And when I can talk about this in a way that gets other people to become interested in that entrepreneurial mindset, then I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing a good thing. So I appreciate everybody listening today. I appreciate everybody that has tuned in to previous podcasts. Um, all I ask is if you think this podcast is valuable to you because you, you see opportunity as entrepreneurs, just, just share this with other people that you think it would be valuable. You know, we want feedback. We want to know that what we're providing to you in these podcasts is important. It's valuable, that you want more of this. And also, too, if there are other areas that you think we could focus on and provide information, reach out to us and, and give us those areas. We're more than happy to provide information and, and um, content in the areas that our listeners think will make a difference. Okay, see you next time. Thank you. If you would like a copy of the Entrepreneur Scorecard that we discussed on today's podcast, we can provide that to you in a couple different ways. Number one, you can email us at info at e3wealth.com and we will send you a copy of the Entrepreneur Scorecard so you can take it and see your own results. You can also find a copy, a PDF copy of the scorecard on our website, e3taxgroup.com. Just click under the um, button for podcast and you will find it uh, underneath the podcast for this uh, particular show. It will say Entrepreneur Scorecard and you can click on there and um, print it off and complete it as well. If you would like to have a conversation after completing the Entrepreneur Scorecard and understand how E3 Consultants Group might be able to assist you in your transition to being more entrepreneurial in your business enterprises, reach out to us at info at e3wealth.com, on Twitter at e3wealthstl, or on Facebook at E3 Consultants Group. Thank you so much. This material is provided for informational purposes only and is educational in nature. It should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. A financial professional must have a complete understanding of someone's financial picture in order to advise and act in their best interest. Please consult with a financial professional, tax advisor, or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Specific investments may not be deemed suitable for all listeners, and this podcast should not be deemed as an offer or recommendation of any investment. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Both are located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Kalos Capital Incorporated and Kalos Management Incorporated do not provide tax or legal advice. Neither E3 Consultants Group, E3 Wealth, or E3 Tax are an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.